The otters are back on our island home, and looks like they are here to stay. Why did they disappear, and what caused them to return? Let's dive into the natural history of otters in this episode of Wild Red Dot. Hello, I'm Pedro. And I'm Ivan. And in the past decade, otters have suddenly become the unofficial symbol of Singapore's wildlife. But what are otters? So Ivan, what exactly are otters? Are they rodents? Are they seals? Are they dogs? Great that you asked. So maybe I need to get a bit technical, so bear with me for a while. So among the mammals, there is this larger group called the carnivorans, right? or the carnivores basically. So this includes things like your dogs, your cats, your bears, your civets, seals. And basically, they are, fur- they are furry for the most part. They eat meat or they are omnivores. For the most part, there are some that are quite specialized. They eat more plants than meat, but I won't go, in- go into those species. So among all the carnivorans, there is one family called the Mustelidae, right? or the Mustelids. They are a very diverse group and there are many different species, all usually following this basic body plan of a long, fairly slender body. Right? And these are all mostly small to medium-sized carnivores. So some species that we will be quite familiar with. So I think I'll be dating myself and Pedro when I mention Enid Blyton storybooks. Right, so you might all heard about animals like weasels and badgers in Britain, right? You might have heard about things like the wolverine. You might have heard about things like ferrets, right? So these are all mustelids. You might have heard about the honey badger, right? For those of us who come from a slightly older generation, right? So these are all considered mustelids. Now, among the mustelids, one lineage adapted to become highly efficient aquatic predators. So many of them have evolved to be very good swimmers, feeding mostly on fish and other animals that they find in the water. So these are the otters. And there are 13 species found on every continent except for Australia and Antarctica. And in Southeast Asia, we have four species, two of which are found in Singapore. The smooth-coated otter, which many of us are familiar with, and the Asian small-clawed otter. So the Asian small-clawed otter and the smooth-coated otter, what's the difference between the two? Right, so the Asian small-clawed otter is much smaller compared to the smooth-coated otter. So some people, um, when you see the smooth-coated otters out in the wild, in, in the rivers and reservoirs and coastlines of Singapore, you might notice that they are much larger compared to the Asian small-claw otters you see in the zoo, for instance, right? So the Asian small-claw otter is actually one of the world's smallest otter species. The smooth-coated otter is one of the, the largest species. It's not the largest. If you want to see the largest species of, of otter in the world, go to the river safari, right? Where you see the giant river otter from South America. Now, that's a different species altogether. Besides the size difference, there's also another interesting difference in terms of their paws. Right, so if you look at the front paws, the smooth-coated otter has larger claws on its paws, whereas the Asian small-clawed otter has very small claws, pretty much almost like fingernails. Right? And these are linked to their 
slight, somewhat different habits. So the smooth water otter prefers rivers and lakes, areas with deeper water where they can, where they can feed on on fish, which is their staple diet. Whereas for the Asian small claw otter, they they do also eat fish, but generally smaller fish compared to the smooth water otter, and they tend tend to like uh, swampier areas, right? Things like mangroves. They uh, in the other countries they they can be found hunting in rice fields. Right where they use their 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 front paws to dig through the mud, looking for shellfish, things like crabs and clams and and, and other shellfish. So they do differ in terms of their diet and their habits, but they can overlap in some areas. What about sea otters? I mean, smoothwater otters were being seen more and more often by people. A lot of people thought they were seals. A lot of people thought I've heard people calling them beavers. But the most common one was sea otter. Now the sea otter is a particular species of otter that lives along the coastlines of the Northern Pacific. Right, you go to California, go to Alaska, you go to parts of far eastern Russia, you will see sea otters in the kelp beds and all that in places where it's very cold. And of course, you there's this uh, popular story of how sea otters when they when they sleep they hold hands so they don't drift apart and, and, and all that. So those are different species altogether. They're not found here in Southeast Asia. Although sea otters are related to smooth-coated otters and Asian small claw otters in, here in Singapore, they are not found in this region. And I must emphasize that just because an otter is seen at sea doesn't make it a sea otter. The sea otter is the most specialized for a marine lifestyle. It lives only at sea. However, Several other otter species, including the smooth-coated otter, they can often be seen hunting in coastal areas. They will be hunting fish in our in the shallow seas offshore, right? And and they will be catching seen catching fish at sea. However, they still need to come onto land and they still need a source of fresh water to drink. They can hunt in the sea, but they are not as fully marine as the sea otter. So they are actually very different animals. It's like kind of like comparing your your domestic cat to a leopard or a tiger. Very, very related, but very different lifestyles. So I remember when I was a young child, after I first came to Singapore, otters were not a thing. There was no mention of otters. In fact, as a, as a child, I didn't even know we had otters in Singapore. What happened? So otters were known to be in Singapore since the colonial period apparently so there are actually quite a number of historical specimens over the decades and then sometime after the 1960s records and sightings of otters just vanished what likely happened was that in the 1960s after Singapore gained independence we did a lot of coastal development there was massive land reclamation going on there was a lot of clearing of mangrove forests and so this created massive habitat loss at the same time, a lot of our rivers were heavily polluted. Faced with all these issues, the otter populations in Singapore seem to have disappeared. It is suspected that for several decades, they were either locally extinct in Singapore, or if they were still present, they were only present in very small numbers in, in very, very remote corners of Singapore. So they were, they were considered locally extinct for the most part. It was only in the 1990s that they started coming back. Why did they come back? 
the first one I would talk about is the, the Asian small clock otter. The Asian small clock otter was found to be living in the mangroves of Platakong. And at some point in time in the 1990s, small clock otters were seen in Sungai Buloh Wetland Reserve. And eventually, a pair, uh, a, a pair established a territory and had and started a family in Sungai Buloh Wetland Reserve. The first thing would be a push factor. So there was also a lot of development taking place along the coastlines of Southern Johor. And that likely led to a lot of wildlife being displaced. Some of them ventured south, crossed the Straits of Johor into Singapore. So that is also when we start seeing a lot of other species showing up again in Singapore after several years of being very rare or even possibly locally extinct. You got things like the Ornithopite hornbill, the estuarine crocodile, the wild boar. Then the, the 1990s signaled the start of their comeback. Same with the smooth quarter otter. They started showing up in Sungai Bulo Wetland Reserve. They established themselves over there. So it just so happened that this large area of mangroves and wetlands seem to have served as an excellent habitat for otters dispersing south from Johor. They must have found a place to their liking. They made themselves at home over there. And then they started dispersing and spreading along our northern coastlines where they found good hunting grounds in the mangroves and along the coastal areas of Singapore. And so this seemed to have been have taken place on two fronts. You had the western end where otters were dispersing and becoming established in places like Kranji and Sungai Buloh. And then in the east, you had otters showing up in places like Pulau Ubin, Pongol and Pasiris. These were the first few otter families that became established in Singapore. And then at some point in time, some of, some of these otters, as they grew up, you know, as pups were born, as they grew up, as they dispersed, some of them must have eventually swam around Changi and end up along the southern coastline as well. So you mentioned that otters, they have a pair, they grow a family and then they disperse. How does the otter family work? Otter families are basically a breeding pair, so you got a mom and dad, and then all the other members of the family are actually the kids. So you have, um, you might have three or four generations of of pups, um, all staying together, helping helping mom and dad take care of their younger siblings. But then eventually, when they when they as they grow older, they strike on their own. They leave the family. They probably uh, look for a, they, they will be looking for a new place to establish themselves, maybe find a partner, start their own families. So it's kind of like, so it's entirely possible that a lot of the families in the Northern coastline actually give rise to the families that we now see in the Southern parts of Singapore. But of course, without tracing the genetic lineage, we will never know for sure. It's so fascinating how when we developed, they disperse out of Singapore. And now when the conditions are right, nature basically comes back. Yes, life finds a way. Life finds a way. Yeah. And of course, this also coincided with the cleanup that were taking place in Singapore. As the story goes, the Kalang River and Singapore River were heavily polluted. They were so badly polluted and then until at some point in time, they decided to clean up the rivers and, and eventually you had uh, aquatic ecosystems being restored to this 
rivers and reservoirs and so you have healthy fish populations and so this will end up attracting otters to become established as well in these areas and so you know it's it's kind of interesting to see how human activities like the the habitat loss drove them out of singapore like you said and then eventually as we created certain green spaces and um, that serve as habitats for the otters they came back so as you mentioned human activities caused habitat destruction that resulted in the otters disappearing from singapore and eventually as singapore restored aquatic ecosystems and created certain green spaces that otters found to their liking they came back of course also partly because they were being displaced by development in neighboring countries so it's, it's really kind of uh, an example of how human activities can both harm and benefit wildlife so we've been seeing a comeback for smooth-coated otters why aren't we seeing a comeback for asian small claw otters yeah that's a very good question um, to be honest i'm not so sure myself uh, it seems like the asian small claw otters they prefer mangrove habitats so there have been some sightings on the islands of Pulau Ubin and Pulau Tekong but for some reason it seems like they have not um, established themselves on mainland Singapore there have been there have been sightings of Asian small claw otters here and there in various locations but these are usually lone individuals and unfortunately um, this leads me to another point about one of the threats that they face in the wild is that especially for Asian small claw otters they are very popular as pets there are uh, cases of poaching that's going on in neighboring countries where otters are being caught from the wild and being uh, sold as pets and there is a possibility that some of the sightings of lone Asian small claw otters in mainland Singapore could represent uh, escaped or abandoned illegal exotic pets. So it's very encouraging to see how our development, how our green and clean waterways have facilitated the comeback of this amazing species. With time, there's going to be more and more human-wildlife conflict involving the otters. But for now, we're going to be monitoring another one of our trademark animals that thrive in our waterways. Next, we'll learn about the monitor lizards on Wild Red Dots.